Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. I hope you guys are having a great month and year and doing great in 2021. I'm excited to be back on the podcast. And listen, this week we're going to talk about something that is very important, but often overlooked or often very well, very much unexplained in the practice. And we're going to talk about the culture of the practice, how to drive the culture, how to create a culture, and what does an exceptional leader look like. And our guest this week is going to be Jill Swafford with Oaks Dental Design. But before we bring Jill in, let's go ahead and turn it over to Meredith to talk about our number one and And most important sponsor of the podcast, (laughs) 3D Dentists. Welcome, everyone. I have a review of 3D Dentists from the Google This says some of the most rewarding and life-changing CE, no filler or BS, just action items to significantly alter the trajectory of your career for the better. Highly recommended. Thank you, Dr. Matt. Dr. Matt. Wow. So I I have to send somebody else a check? (laughs) (laughs) checks just keep rolling but also i want to mention to everyone we've loved having everyone at our new 3d retreat i would say it's started a lot faster than we anticipated and we've enjoyed having everyone there if you haven't had a chance to get out yet we have a bunch of great programs sleep Um, if you're ready to implement implants into your office we have a great digital implant continuum if you're not we're going to have things like a case acceptance boot camp where once you attend that you'll want to start implementing (laughs) implants Um, but bring your team come relax have a good weekend and learn lots of dentistry Uh, listen uh, here's what i'll say about the retreat it will change uh, your energy for dentistry, and it will re- really reinvigorate you. But let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Jill Swafford. Jill, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm well. How are you all? I can't complain Good. too much. I didn't have to. I didn't have to. What was it? Contour my face. To get <laughs> Nor did I have to do. We can't multi- all be that fortunate, Tebow. Nor did I have to do multiple shirt changes <laughs> because I wear one of two shirts. Either it says 3D Dentist or it says Raleigh Dental Arts on it. And I just ordered new 3D Dentist uh, polos. You know, <laughs> lands and favorite. 
think well, if I grew the beard, we probably wouldn't be on this podcast. So. I, well, I would tell you that uh, I probably would have you on because I, I don't I don't discriminate against that. You know, we had, have a little competition for, yeah, for the best beard. I would worry about how much gray hair you have in your beard. <laughs> That'd be a different story. Well, Jill, listen. Um, you started Oaks Dental Design, which is a digital laboratory about three years ago in Pikesville, Tennessee. But you have nearly 20 years of dental experience because you started when yeah. you were 12. So 12. <laughs> talk to us, if you don't mind, briefly. Introduce to our listeners who you are and your path in dentistry and how and why you believe culture is so important before we get into the topic of culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started in dentistry at 18, not 12, but thank you. Uh, so this is really all I've ever known as an adult. And I, once I got into dentistry, I loved it. I fell in love with patient care, with changing people's lives. And honestly, I loved the teamwork aspect of it. Working with females sometimes gets a bad rap. and But I was really fortunate to work in some great offices that really pushed culture pushed agreements, um, pushed team atmosphere, and it also promoted us to push harder and we could grow within the company. And so all the companies that I worked for that were pretty small, I mean, there were one doctor owners, um, and it was so nice to have that where I could go to the owner and I could say, okay, what do I do next? What do I do next? And so growing up, quote unquote, in that really was helpful. And it pushed my career to just always be growing and, and evolving. So I started out as assisting, went all the way to practice management by the end of it, um, and loved it. I loved driving a team. And that was always so important for me. But having a team that was in the same car with you was a big deal. You know, they helped us push it up the hill. So for me, I just, I look at culture and I I know how important it is because I've been in offices where there's not a good, healthy culture and those offices have struggled. And then I've been in offices where the culture was at top level playing at our A game every day and it came easy. So anyway, so how I got into the lab was just the fact that I have to drive an hour to work from where I live. I'm in a very rural place in Tennessee, which I love. But once I had kids, an hour commute one way didn't work anymore. You didn't get a helicopter? No, no. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, you're in rural Tennessee, maybe a tractor? Yes, that's more like it. That's more like it. So, I grew yes. up in rural North Carolina, maybe not quite as rural as where you are, where you are but uh, I have a fondness for small-town America, and I yeah. wish, there are many days I wish I could go back to small-town America, but I'm pretty sure my wife would not like it, so uh, <laughs> I'm kind of stuck where, where we're at. So, okay, so so it was, it was the commute, ultimately, that, that um, pushed you out of being in the office and opening your lab. Yes, yes. I loved the office I worked in. I didn't want to leave. Um, I, I had, gosh, at that point, we had several girls um and several doctors and i loved it i loved the drive every day and the the drive in the office just pushing to hit our goals and those kind of things but ultimately my family came first and so being able to be close to home was important to me so i started a lab in our living room 
and moved into the nursery. Now we're in my husband's man cave and soon we'll be in our 1600 square foot new building that we built. So well, I do want to correct I want to correct you for a second, Jill. Okay. The correction is is you said you're in your husband's man cave, so clearly it's not his man cave <laughs> it's anymore. Become a, it's become a she shed now. Yes, it is. My husband a she shed is ready lab. for a man cave to come back. <laughs> Why didn't you find a practice in Pikesville? Um, why didn't I? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I am the only practice on this side of our, or the only lab on this side of our mountain for like 80 miles. Okay. There's not any other dental labs around. But you didn't look for another dental office to join? Oh, there's there's only probably three total in a closer range. Like it's we're really, really small. We don't even have a red light. So Do you have yellow lights and green lights? (laughs) (laughs) No, just four way stops. That's all we've got, T Bone. (laughs) Oh my god. I love it. I love it, man. Where everybody knows your business. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right, so You you messaged me on Facebook Messenger, which is phenomenal, by the way, and I greatly appreciate you doing that. But what stuck out to me is that you wanted to talk about the culture of a practice and what drives the culture in a practice. Talk to us about the, the cultural drivers in a dental practice. Sure. So, you know, in my opinion, everybody can drive the culture if you have the right people in place. It doesn't just have to be your leaders. But... To develop that type of culture, you have to have strong leadership, and it starts from the top down. Um, For me, I was really fortunate to work in some practices that understood that, and with doctors that had such a drive to build character in people and to build people that treated the practice like it was their own. We were encouraged to talk about the practices if it was, I called it my office all the time. It wasn't his office or her office. It was mine. That's how much I was invested in the success of that practice and in the patient care. And so I feel like if it starts with the doctor that just really wants to develop great people and will invest in them with that, then you have a phenomenal manager under that or team leaders. I worked with a couple practices that didn't even have managers. We just had team leaders. But you have to hold each other accountable. And I think that's what falls through the cracks. Confrontation is not always comfortable, but it's necessary. And so I think that is where we fall short sometimes in keeping our culture where it really needs to be. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants? but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, 
This is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com. Check out our upcoming sessions and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. So you feel that, that um, okay, so, so I, I, we hear this all the time, okay? We hear that the culture has to start at the top, and I hear from so many team members, my doctor's not supportive, and, you know, they, they, they're, they're kind of holding me back and all of this. So my question always is, is how can we, me included, our podcast, you, team members, how can we help the, the practice owners become more culturally aware uh, of helping team members grow and, and, and making it easier for them. Because I, I'm of the belief that more dentists want it. Yes. They've just been jaded or had such bad experiences that they make the assumption that, that all team members are lazy yes. or not engaged or what, whatever the word, whatever the right saying would be. Yes. No, I agree with that. And I think I think a lot of doctors come into practices when they buy into existing practices and it sets them up for some major challenges. There are wonderful things that come with buying a practice that's existing, but there are also sometimes legacy team members, you can say, um, that the old maybe people. are not ready. <laughs> the no, originals. No. I don't. I wouldn't even call it old people. I call them because the originals. No. Your your legacy people, right? Where yeah. we would all be young, the youngest yeah. in the office, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean old people as an age. Right. I'm, I'm just mean that's the, what I'm saying. The, the original people. Yeah. yeah. The aboriginals. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and that's what I mean. The people that were used to always doing it one way. You know, it's you're sometimes fearful of reprimanding or trying to coach those people because you feel like they're your connection to the patients and you need those people, which is true, but you also need a great team. And sometimes when we come into a, a practice that's been established already, we're fearful to coach or to even when it comes ultimately let go of people because we feel like we need them. But I think that's a, a place that we really, really can improve on is understanding that if you have the right people in place, the patients will continue to come there. Even if you let Sally go, that's been there for 20 years and always cleaned my teeth. You have to understand that your culture is first and you have to build your patient base with patients that want to come to you because you're there and because they trust you and your team, not just because of the name that was on the door before you got there. Yeah. I've, I think I've, we've seen, we've seen with a lot of um, dentists coming through, I think, uh, the more teams we meet, the more doctors we meet that they they want this, but they don't know how to get the doctor on board um, or mm-hmm. vice versa. The doctor wants this, but they don't feel like they have the team. And instead of training to create that team, they just don't really know where to start. Um, I know we had one doctor that T-Bone had coached and he said that his office manager had um, ran his dad her whole life. And then he came in, bought the practice. He had a sit down, sit down chat with her and it's turned everything around 180. And now that she's on board with him, the entire practice culture has changed where she was never on board with her dad. 
his dad, even though she worked there for the last 20 years. So getting those leaders, I guess, as you would say, the team leads on board, how would you say that's the best way to do that? So I think, like you said, I think he did it right. He sat down and had a conversation to say, look, I'm ready to lead this team. And I want you on board with us. And I see the assets that you can be to us as a company and as an office. But you have to understand there's there's a new lead here. And sometimes I think what's missing, like for that office manager that may have been leading his dad all this time, she may have just needed to know that somebody was driving the car, that it was okay to step back and sit in the passenger seat and help guide the map, but you didn't have to drive it. And so oftentimes I think it's just that conversation just to say, listen, I'm with you on this. I want us to be just as as successful as you do. You know, so let's do this together. So it's not always that you just have to let people go that aren't against it. You've got to have that conversation. And so often we're afraid that it's going to end in confrontation. But many times, if you've got somebody that's driving that existing doctor or whatever you want to call it, it's because they are invested that much in the success of the company. So if they know they have somebody that's that invested with them, they'll follow you anywhere. Oftentimes, not always, but often. Yeah. And then what advice do you have for someone who is coming into that role as like a culture leader or office manager, kind of in the opposite direction where their doctor is not on board? Yes. So, I mean, you have to be willing to, even if you don't believe in everything the doctor's doing, you have to still show up every day. Because if your team doesn't believe in the doctor, but they have you to lean on, then that's your first start. And it is hard. And sometimes it takes months and sometimes it's a year before your doctor can see that and respect you enough to realize what's being put in. And I think going to that doctor and having that conversation to say, listen, I'm ready for this to go to another level. You know, what support do you need from me to make that happen? You know, we have a meeting every morning at eight o'clock or at 10 till we meet every morning as a team at 10 till, but you always show up at eight. Doctor, I need you to be here at 10 till this team needs to see that you are as invested as we are. And those little things like that are what really make a difference when you're having your meeting and your office manager is doing everything she can to get this team excited about goals and to push. And but you're sitting in the corner looking on Instagram during the meeting and I've seen it happen. Your team's respect level for you goes from a possible 10 to a four. You know, and that, those are hard. Those are the options and the choices that we have every day is to play at 100% and be present at all times. You know, I want to point out something that you just said that's very important. Um, body language. I think we we say top-down leadership, and to me, that's one of those very vague terms that that can mean any number of things. But you just gave a very specific example. When your team is, when you're asking your team to be engaged, and you're in the corner on Instagram as the dentist, (laughs) the practice owner, well, I I don't know why they would have even level four respect for you. You know, so to to the dentist listening. To the team leaders listening, 
You lead by example. That is top-down leadership. Yeah. You have to yeah. sometimes pick up the trash just to remind people. You know, every I, you know, it, it, this is something I learned in growing <laughs> up, and it's it's a little bit of a insight into how I grew up. But you know, my mom used to always say to me, "You never even offer to help with the dishes." So what that taught me was that I need to at least offer. Once they're yes. almost done. Yeah. <laughs> I know this trick. I know this trick. I've heard it. I've seen him do it. But so like in my office now, when people are taking out the trash, they know I, I don't like to do that. But I will almost always offer to give assistance. And I get that. It's become a running joke now. <laughs> we'll be with, halfway to the dumpster. <laughs> but, it's, yeah. but Do you need help out there? Screaming or from the door. with your purse on your hand, on your right. arm, walking. Do you need but, help with the trash? But yeah. I, no. think, I think that is such a little thing that as owners we can do. Because I remember we used to sweep our office and clean our office in the beginning when I couldn't afford to have cleaners, cleaners. do it. Or when our team members had to do it because we couldn't afford cleaners. And I think there's sometimes there's a lot of a lot of positive reinforcement in showing people that you're willing to do whatever it takes. You know, from yeah. the time I remember I, I shoveled snow off our front porch at the office just just because we were closed, but I just wanted to do it because, and I, you know, because I want people to see that. So, but your body language matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think your team picks up on the body language um, of, of, the, of the owner. So um, the next thing I want to get to is you've said this word, these two words a few times. You've said tough conversations. And we all understand that we need to have tough conversations, but 80% of us, don't do it or dread doing it. So I imagine from 18 years old, starting in dentistry until, you know, 35, 36, whatever it may be now, you've been the recipient of tough conversations. And as an office team leader, you probably had to be the deliverer of tough conversations. Can you talk to us about sharing an example of some tough conversations that really impacted your life as your personal growth, and then maybe some tough conversations where it impacted and you learned how to be a better tough conversator. Yes, for sure. The first one that, I know that was a good word, wasn't it, Meredith? <laughs> Strategic. <laughs> I said that quietly, conversator. <laughs> so the first one that comes to mind is most definitely, as a 20-year-old, um, I had my dentist had let me know, Hey, you don't have to come to work tomorrow. We're not really that busy. And I was like, no, it's okay. I'll be here. Okay. So I committed to being there Friday. This was on a Friday. Well, I went and spent the night with a cousin and I woke up the next morning. I was like, huh, she said I didn't have to come. Well, I got that phone call about 10 minutes after I wasn't at work. And she's like, where are you at? You said you were coming. So I drove as fast as I could to get there and I show up and she's like, she's ready to fire me on the spot. Just so disappointed in the fact that I didn't keep my word. And I said, I'm so sorry. When you said I didn't have to be here, I just, I thought I didn't have to be here. That it was just a choice. She said it was a choice yesterday. But when you committed to being here today, I was looking for you to be here today. And so we talked through it and, you know, she's like, you're 20, you know, this is a lesson you're never going to forget. And I kept my job there. And to this day, she's one of my dearest friends. And I learned so much from that day about keeping my word and understanding that, yes, there's going to be choices. But if I commit to it, 
I'm going to be there. And so that was a conversation for me that hurt a little bit because I felt like I was in the right. She said I didn't have to come. But so you said you were going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I said I would be there, you know. So I, that was such a moment, though, that I realized I have to be willing to take constructive criticism. And this was a big one. You know, I almost lost my job over this decision. But she was willing to have that conversation with me and to talk it out. And I learned so much from that day. And then um, as far as delivering, uh, yes, I've definitely had to do some of those in my time. But I had a doctor that we called the Velvet Hammer. And if I can encourage anybody to I be want a new name. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Absolutely not. I want to be the chocolate screwdriver. Are you kidding me? No, no Velvet Hammer because no. they're soft and delivering like hard news, right? Yes. I mean, he could he could lay it down and you A screwdriver knew how wrong would be angry and not good good. let's go back to the velvet hammer i apologize i just (laughs) couldn't help myself yeah but so with him what i took away is when you're delivering that when you are having to have those tough conversations as we said being able to deliver that with honestly i know it's kind of sounds cheesy but with love and with coaching i'm coming to you about this because i don't want to harp about it at night when I go home to my wife, it's because I trust you enough and I value you enough as a team member that I want you to know that you can improve on this and that I need you to improve on this, that your team needs you to do this better. And so when he would come with that in that delivery style as the fact that he cared enough about me to bring it to me instead of talk about me to the other assistants or whatever, I always took that criticism so much better he turned a negative into a positive a room yes, for growth and he was yeah. great at that <laughs> and so I've always tried to take that and implement that into my own style of how I coach people just to say listen I I want this to improve because I I love you as a person I want to spend time with you as a person in our office and I think you're valuable to our team so when you deliver it in that way so many times it can take a really, really hard conversation and bring it to a level that's very acceptable and that can be processed instead of someone getting defensive. You know, I want to give an example. I just, <clears throat> while you were saying that, I wrote, I, I write things down and that's kind of how I process things. And, and <clears throat> what I heard you say is we got to take the temperature down before we have a conversation. Yeah. And for example, I've been personally working on this with my son, my 15-year-old teenager. <laughs> That's very good practice. He who is spoiled. <laughs> he is such a he is such a good kid, but he's a bit spoiled. But I've been trying to work on dropping my temperature down. It's not really his temperature. It's my temperature down yeah. before before I have, before I speak even, you know, I remember in dental school, one of our emergency uh, teachers taught us that before you stick a needle into a patient, inject it into an orange uh, in terms of, you know, before you deliver emergency medications, because you don't want to do anything uh, out of um, haste. And so the same thing in terms of these conversations, I think that, I think there is a, is a fine line between taking the temperature down too much where you no longer have any, you know, you're not engaged yes. in the conversation or you forget about it versus doing it too early 
where you come across very mean Hateful. and overbearing mm-hmm. and scary. I would I would use the word scary, scary. <laughs> yeah, because I have the ability to be scary. I think, and um, so that that's what I took from that is that you got to take the temperature down sometimes. And, well, and um, one of the best things that you can do too is when you go to present something, not to assume why they did X. You know, you don't know why they did that. And so often we just go into the conversation. We're like, when you, I don't know why you did that because you know better than to do that. Instead, ask the question, why is it that we continue to have this challenge? What's, what's making you do this? So often it can be, well, that's what the manager told me to do or that's how they told me to do it. So many times things are a miscommunication, but we assume the reason why somebody is doing a certain action. So just even starting with that question of, can we talk about why this keeps happening? Why do you feel like it keeps happening? Letting them have that chance can tone down the conversation immediately and sometimes clear up a complete misunderstanding before there's any conversation to be had. Wow. I, I think you should move to Raleigh, maybe. <laughs> Just kidding. <yeah. laughs> well, that kind of leads into our, our next question of what does an exceptional leader look like? What value do you think that you brought that um, an exceptional leader, what value do you think they bring to the practice? Um, I first think that you have to have a character that's honest. Um, no team member wants to follow somebody that's talking out both sides of their mouth. Um you don't want somebody that's only doing what the doctor wants. You want somebody that you know is looking out for the entire team and vice versa. As leaders and doctors and associates, I can talk about that for a, a good 30 minutes on its own, <laughs> developing that associate because you have to be honest and trustworthy. If you want people to buy into what you are wanting to provide as far as your culture, they have to trust you. And so I feel like if you have that in a leader, then you have solidarity and that for culture and consistency is key. You can't be this culture today. And because I had a fight with my husband, I'm going to be in this culture tomorrow. It doesn't work. like that. How does one separate or not bring that into the practice? Because it's so hard. Um, and selfishly speaking, it's really hard for me because my wife's practice is next door to mine. But, uh, so he'll get a note. <laughs> I've, I've gotten some four-letter word nail. notes. Um, but yeah, I mean, how does... And, and so I'm dealing with that with team members, okay? For example... Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. 
Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. I think always, I mean, it's not just the leaders. That's with everyone, you know, people being sick, going through breakups, divorces, you know, oh, well, I can tell her husband's not talking to her. I mean, we've always gone through that with multiple team members. I think the separation of the office and home life has been very hard because you do like to know what's going on. So they feel comfortable but I think you still have to show up and that's not, I think sometimes people just show up physically and they're not mentally prepared for the day. Yeah. And I I think that was one thing that several of our offices we had, if you have a morning meeting or whatever, we would have just a two minute area to clear the air, you know? So if, if I did have something, my child was up sick all night last night, right? I need to let my team members know that if I am quiet today, it has nothing to do with them. I'm not mad at Susie. I'm not mad at Dr. You know, whatever. I'm tired. I'm just tired. Like (laughs) that's all. Like I may need to pick me up and just, you don't get into the details. You don't get into the drama because I don't feel like drama has any place in a dental office and it can be done. Um, But you just clear the air just to say, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with, but I'm here to play at a hundred percent. And if I need to be bumped up five points, you can by, by all means, let me know. You know, because I'm still here to play for my team and for my patients and I'm going to show up for them. But having that ability to just say that and then not have people come ask me all the details about it allowed me to just get it off my chest and move forward for the day. You know, and I think that's an important thing is to have a culture where people are comfortable enough to share that, hey, it's a rough morning, but I'm ready to play at 100 percent. Let's do this. Right. Or otherwise, every hour, a different person's coming to ask you, are you okay? Yes. Are you okay? Why well, are you in a bad mood? And then or you get irritated you. and you go off on yes. somebody and then they're like, oh, they're in a terrible mood today because of this. She's no, it, such a B-I-T-C-H. It wasn't because of that. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's my thing. <laughs> not yours. Jill, yeah, I'm enjoying our com- Go ahead. Oh, go. Well, sometimes they're not even coming to the person that is quiet for the day. They're asking other people. Right. Right. We've wasted so much time. Creating. Yes. Right. And so much time wasted. You know what's a time waste? It's like we know. It's like we've lived this. What? You know what's a time waste? (laughs) Time waste is spending 30 minutes trying to figure out what the hell's for the free lunch today. (laughs) (laughs) We have that problem. (laughs) Nothing drives me crazier than when I would see people like having conversations about what menu item they're picking. So I was like, we're done. We're getting pizza. It's all cheese out. He was like, no individualized orders ever. Ever. No, because then they bitch about. Even during COVID, he's like, y'all can work in the same room. You can eat in the same room. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Jill, I'm enjoying our conversation. I'm going to go off script here a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, You said a word that's near and dear to me and that's drama. (laughs) My wife says I'm a drama queen or king. 
um, sometimes, <laughs> but I, I do have minimal tolerance for drama, certain levels of drama in the office. So yes. can you give me an example of drama and how you work to quote unquote rid yourself of, of said drama? Yeah, so I, I remember going into, honestly, my favorite practice that I ever worked in. If I could go back to this team, I would go back to them today. If I had to go back into management, I would try my best. When I started there, there, there was a lot of drama going on, but it was led by the associate doctor of that office. So the owner did not work in the practice, but we had an associate doctor there. And there were so much manipulation that went on between the doctor and her assistants that it was heartbreaking. I mean, truly confidence levels were at minimal and these were really good teammates, but minimal confidence. And so we went in and we had several conversations and, you know, every time I would hear from the girls, well, nothing's going to change because she's the doctor. Nothing's going to change because she's the doctor. I have to respect her because she's the doctor. And I remember telling them a degree does not deliver respect. And I meant that. I mean, I don't have a degree on my wall. I don't even have an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, much less a master of dentistry or whatever. But respect is earned. And within six months, I'm not saying I'm proud of the fact she did not, she no longer had a job there. But within six months, she was not our dentist there, even though she was one of our highest producers in the company. Nobody should be above being disrespectful. And when we let her go, we brought another doctor in who had to just wing it, man. She had to just make it work because she had full chairs. The culture in that practice changed almost immediately because they knew they had a leader that was looking out for them, for the patients, and for the overall health of that practice. And so our drama, when I would go to them and I would say, okay, listen, you guys know, I don't deal with it. I, you get one strike, one warning, and after that, you will not work here. Culture is way more important than one person. It's not personal, this is business. And we spend more time with each other than we spend with our families. So you all need to understand that we are all going to agree this is how we're going to work because you see the difference it's made in our office. And I would tell them, I don't deal with cancer. And that's what drama is. Gossip and drama have no place here. That office thrived. And when I say thrived, I mean almost tripled thrived. They were amazing and their confidence levels went through the roof, but it was because somebody was looking out for them. And I would go back to that office today if I had an opportunity. It was amazing. Jill, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Um, I agree. You can train here. You can train things, but you can't always train personality you can't and train. culture. You, can't, you can't change who somebody is. Right. You can, yeah. they, can, they can dress it up a little yeah. bit and be kind of make it work within the environment, but it's eventually going to show itself right. out. Um, yeah. Jill, we're, we're, we're out of time, but I'm going to 
I'm going to talk to the team about maybe having you back to talk about culture with associates. I think that would be a mm-hmm. great conversation. Maybe one that I need a little bit sure. of help in over the years. <laughs> Although I think I'm really on the right track this time. Uh, yes. couple- I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> we approve. Come on, girl. <laughs> so we have a couple of questions for you. Um, sure. I have this thing called the pod decks. They're not a sponsor or anything, but uh, I like getting these random questions out of there and then asking them to you. Uh, I like to do it every time, but I seem to have been forgetting. Forgetful very often. (laughs) Uh, So I have two and Meredith has two. Okay. What is something you get wrong almost every time you do it? Mm. Committing to working out. <laughs> Retweet us too. <laughs> I came over early this morning because we were going to walk. T Bone was still in bed. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was on the computer working. You were not when I got here. <clears throat> we yes, approve of that there. one. Yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Okay. What is your most unusual talent? Ooh. Um, I don't know if it's unusual, but I mean, God gave me a voice and I can sing. But Get, really? really? Oh, that's good. Really? I like sing. American Idol sing? Yeah, Meredith can't sing. Like maybe. Come on, let's do it. All right, you got to sing now. <laughs> um, okay, are you sure? Yeah, one hundred percent. I wouldn't ask if I didn't mean it. I don't know. Amazing grace, how sweet. What? Do you sing a lot? Every day. Yeah. Wow. So maybe not unusual, but... I think humans are amazing. We're amazing. (laughs) If you got stuck in an elevator... This is amazing. This is actually... This question is so... I'm going to make you actually sing this song. (laughs) Okay? You're going to have to sing the answer to this one. (laughs) If you got stuck in an elevator and were forced to listen to only one song, what song would you pick? Ooh. um, One song. You probably don't know. I don't. Okay, so I would probably listen to, um, and every morning mercy will restore me. I will proclaim. That's like my favorite song ever. Wow! Wow! And you'd sing it yourself over and over and over again. If you were stuck on the elevator, you wouldn't have anything else to do. You wouldn't even have to find the radio. You'd just sing it yourself. Amazing. <laughs> Well, you can switch it up <laughs> if you're singing it. We'll give you that option. All right. What is something you hate, but you wished you loved? Mm. Um, out. More yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more seafood. I wish seafood. I more. Mm. Yeah. I love shrimp, but I can't go farther than that besides shrimp and fish. I wish shrimp I was is the cockroach of the sea. Just yeah, so no. you know, I can't you like the shrimp. shittiest no, I like all the other. You like all the shittiest foods of the sea. <laughs> I would say working out. Yeah. Yeah. I did. You I can't have workout it. be the answer to two of the four questions, okay? I, I mean, that's, I that's not acceptable. Kale. I wish I loved kale more. Kale. That shit's nasty. <laughs> it's fake. I know. It's kale, so kale, kale was recently invented, okay? It wasn't right. around back then. <laughs> all right, whatever. Jill, you got any questions for us? I do, actually. So I was doing a little research on Uh Mr. T-Bones. 
I found out that you are you've been voted. Here we go. World's <laughs> best dad by two out of three of your kids. It, it's might might have gone down to one out of three now. <laughs> Wait a minute that 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 was, that was a while ago. That, that was a decade ago. My kids are I'll, probably five, three, and one yeah. at the time. I'll, uh, I'll reevaluate that question no, and get you guys. No, all no, updated. I can tell you when that question when I when I wrote that was when we moved to this neighborhood and uh, our buddy is an orthodontist across the street and his kids have all the toys and my kids oh. are like how come how come I don't get any of the toys I said because I'm not an orthodontist I'm just a lowly general dentist so that's all you're going to get I mean you're going to get all the fanciest computers because I like tech but you're not going to get the uh, electric uh, scooter and all of that stuff but truth be told if you ask my kids right now I would be shocked if even one of them would say I'm the world's best dad right now. I think we could get one out of three. Aria might say it. Depending on what you've bought lately. (laughs) My daughter might say it. Well, I took my son's computer away from him last night. So So we won't won't ask today. Ask him next week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I will. How can someone get in touch with you, Jill, if they want to reach out, have more questions? And what is your website? I'm on Facebook, Jill Swafford, also on Instagram with Oaks Dental Designs. And then our website is oaksdentaldesigns.com. So pretty easy. Jill, I, I would like to give you a compliment. Okay. You, Thank you. Michelle just said, wow. <laughs> he doesn't give many compliments. So we're, li- we're like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He does. No, no, I, I don't. I, I really don't. That's, <laughs> If you work for me, you get no compliments because it's always on to the next thing. Um, I think you're an example of why dentistry is one of the greatest professions, okay? From your own admission, you have zero degrees, okay? You are a self-made person and you have moved into a profession where you started at the bottom You've moved yourself up to what is considered the top as a practice administrator, office manager, team leader, whatever the word may be. And then you're really chasing the American dream and building your own business. And you've seen that business go from the nursery to the she shed man cave <laughs> into its own space moving forward. And and um, I wouldn't have known known anything about you if you didn't message me. And our listeners wouldn't have gotten this great conversation. I wouldn't have learned something if you hadn't reached out. And I want to encourage every team member who doesn't have a degree to remember that there are Jill Swaffords, there are Linda Miles, there are so many people who have a desire and grit and want to be something. And I commend you for it. And, and it's why I believe dentistry is one of the only professions where you can truly start uh, from, from essentially nothing educationally and make yourself unbelievably valuable and successful. So uh, uh, thanks to you for being an example to our profession. Thank you. That means a lot. I mean, God's really been a huge blessing over our life, and I'm super thankful. Well, I look forward to seeing you, and I hope our listeners enjoy it and get in touch with you and learn more about you and your lab. And, and you have a message, and you need to work really hard to share that message, uh, whether it's through dental publications, whether it's through, uh, you know, whether it's through just recording videos of you talking about this. Uh, my challenge to you is for you to put yourself out there, get uncomfortable, 
and help so many others. Uh, because no offense, nobody's coming to rural Tennessee to to to, to, <laughs> to hear about it. <laughs> They're going to run right through the Wait. headlight. <laughs> There's no so light to run through. Let Stop me throw sign. this out there because you say that, but T-Bone, I'm telling you, so I've not said anything about this, but we started a Facebook group two years ago, Ladies of the Mill. So you say nobody's coming to rural Tennessee, but we are hosting our first summit in July. Let me tell you, first summit in July, we have tons of vendors and everybody's coming to Tennessee. How do I join the lady? I'm trying to join women's groups. <laughs> I'll come. Okay, I tried to join Women Rocking Sarah, and I got I'll I got there. denied. How do I join the ladies of the mill? What <laughs> what the hell is that? Just so I know what I'm getting into. Ladies of the mill. It was a group that we started for females in the lab tech industry, and just a space. For oh, them to like share. the mill milling Fire. unit. Yeah. Yes. We didn't get that. I was thinking about the mills like I grew up in the 80s in Rockingham (laughs) where they're spinning cotton and stuff. Like That is setting women women back. Do you think we're going to do that much manual labor? No. Chocolate screwdriver, that's wrong. By the way, when I think of a screwdriver, I think of like making it and like just hurting and just mean and like digging and digging and digging like that's not a compliment but it can always be taken no. back no <laughs> not no, everyone has the reverse on their drills <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god so, jill thank I you so, so much this thank you so much and we're i love pl- what you guys are doing thank you we're gonna play our outro now and then we'll get back on with you here in a second Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, Let's get to this week's episode.